Thank you for tuning into In the Fight with Bo Templin. On today's episode, my guest, she's a badass. She's a mom. She's a UFC contender. She's a UFC legend. She's a model. She's sounds like she's going to be an actress. She's a lot of different things. The karate hottie herself, Michelle Watterson, is on the show. We had a really cool conversation. It's honest. It's thoughtful. It's more than fighting. We talk about handling adversity. We talk about handling bullies. We we talk about all those different things and, and the doubts and insecurities that you might have in your own mind. So, man, I, I really feel like I was able to learn a lot from this episode. And I'm so thankful to Michelle for the time. I hope you guys enjoy it just even a quarter of as much as I did because this one was just special, absolutely special. So let's get into this thing. Why not? Why not? Shall we? Um, without further ado on In the Fight with Bo Templin, the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson. This is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, May 24th. It is 12.39 here in San Diego, California. And guys, this is like a dream come true right here. I have UFC legend, the karate hottie herself, Michelle Watterson is gracing us with her presence. Michelle, thank you so much. Like this just means more than you would even ever understand. Thank you. Oh no, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to to ask me some questions. So let's do it. Let's get into it. So Michelle, uh, a little bit of a heads up here. We've actually met before. Okay. Um, we've <laughs> met before, and you spoke to Gary with Gary V for his company. Oh, great. <laughs> and I was the guy in the comments freaking the hell out. And then Gary's like, all right, let's get Bo out here. And so I was on screen and I was talking to you and Gary. So that was a pretty bizarre day for me. Pretty incredible. But we had met before and I had to let you know, um, I, I've been pulling for you ever since. Oh, thank you. And that's great. I do. Now that you say that, I, I'm glad that you reminded me because I do remember that very specifically. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we talked about, you know, we, we just talked about like people we admire as teammates. And we, we talked about, um, you're like, oh, John, you know, if you give him, if you say, go work on the jab, he will go at the bag for an hour and just work on the jab. And, and you were like, that's just something I really admire. So um, that was my question. I wanted to, I wanted to let you know before we got started that we had met before and I've been pulling for you ever since. Um, so the last few weeks, like obviously bummer of results, right? Like, you know, you never want to, you know, add a loss to the record, but I got to say as a fan, that was a fucking fight and that was badass to watch and you brought it and you performed brilliantly and that's one of the coolest things about MMA is like, you know, these, these losses can be lessons and you can still go out and perform and, and fight with like pride and bravery. And it was awesome to watch. I wanted to let you know, like, wow, as a fan, that is, that is as good as it gets for us. So thank you for the performance. 
Well, thank you. Um, you know, I think just kind of looking back and reflecting on everything, um, obviously, like you said, it is a disappointment. Nobody wants to have a loss. But when I look at it in the bigger scheme of things, I think about it as momentum forward. You know, for me, it was it was a huge challenge. It was a huge risk to take a fight on one week's notice and let alone, you know, against somebody who was on the rise, who was ranked above me, who um, for the main event, you know. Uh, and for me, that was a challenge that I wanted to accept, challenge that I wanted to to embrace. And I, and I feel that I did that. I, I remember talking to one of my friends after the fight and he was like, Man, everybody at the gym calls me Peanut, but he's just like, man, Peanut, if if we were if there were still pride rules, you would kick butt because you just go and go and go. <laughs> um, and so for me, it was um, it was even though it was um, a fall, it was still a fall forward for me um, accepting that challenge. I don't know when the last time it was for myself that I accepted that short of a notice fight, and I felt get great. I felt strong. Um, I felt that there that I had moments, you know, um, there were moments that I could have won. And, Absolutely. And then those moments slipped through my fingers. And I think it's just uh, um, something that I can take with myself uh, moving forward in my career. And, you know, I think about it like in the in the in the sense of life skills. Right. Um, when I think about. um all the greats, anybody that has ever been successful, you know, they've probably failed more than they have succeeded. The only difference with their failures is that, you know, it's, they can erase them. People don't, people don't remember their, their failures because, you know, they come back with a win and it might take them a hundred failures, but the win is the one that counts. But for a fighter, your, 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 your failures follow you because it's on your record. Well, Floyd Mayweather will talk about being 50 and 0 as a professional boxer. Mm -hmm. And he says, the only reason I'm 50 and 0 is because of the losses I have in the training room and in the gym. Without yeah. those lessons, the 50 and 0 does not happen. That it's it's impossible. You don't just cruise your way through like life with sunshine and rainbows. I mean, the adversity is what makes the champion. So 1010%. I wanted to ask you kind of like a specific like MMA question about the fight because the takedown, I think in round four, right? I mean, like it completely changed the momentum of the fight, completely like flipped the landscape of it. And I was curious, like when you're doing those five round fights, especially on short notice on, on five, six days or whatever, like, did you think, all right, use my, you know, my game for the first few rounds and then look for an opportunity late. And you kind of saw it with like Jan Blahovich against Adesanya. It was like, all right, let's fight for a little bit. And then if I can capitalize on a takedown, it might work. Or is that a spur of the moment? You just kind of felt it and you trusted your instinct to, to go for it. I think the game plan all along was to take her down. Um, but, you know, she was she was savvy to it. She was hip to it. Mm -hmm. And she knew um, she didn't want to get taken down because that's not, not where she's comfortable. Um, and so it was just a little harder to take her down uh, at the beginning of the fight because obviously she's fresher, she's bigger, she's longer. Um, but for sure, um, you know, if I were to if I were to do it all over again, I think I would commit a little bit harder um, earlier on uh, for that shot. And then even, you know, following through, 
you know, even with the failed takedowns, trying to train it through so that I, that I would secure those. And then even when I had her down, I think that, uh, you know, I had three minutes to, to work. And uh, I don't think that I used those three minutes as efficiently as I could have. So when you, uh, whether a, a win or a loss, like, you know, it doesn't matter per se, but like, how long does it take you to decompress and then like decide like, oh, I want to get back in there or, you know what, let's, let's take a break. Like, you know, you know, soccer season's coming up for your daughter, what, like whatever. How, how long does that take you to decide what the next move is? Well, we're always training, you know, and yeah. so that's never going to be a, like a factor. But for sure, you know, there are a lot of other factors that, that go into it. What's the landscape look like with the division? You know, what fights are scheduled ahead of us? Um, what are the names that the UFC is throwing out to me? Um, do I have anything, you know, down the pipeline outside of MMA? So those are all just, you know, the questions that we kind of look at. But, you know, always training, getting back to the gym, figuring out, you know, kind of breaking things down, figuring out what it is that I need to do to improve. Um, you know, what things do I need to add? What things do I need to keep? What things I need to take out? Those are all the things that we work on after a fight. Um, what is your favorite meal at Hooters? I mean, I love it all. It really depends on the mood that I'm in, <laughs> I would say. I used to kill, I would get um, the fried shrimp but I would just get them um, naked, which means no sauce on them. And I would get the sauce on the side because if you get the sauce on the side, then it stays crispy. So I would get the, um, gosh, I, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called 311 or like the, the, the one above hot, but not the hottest. I would get that and I would mix it with ranch and then dip my, my shrimp, my fried shrimp in that. And that was kind of like, something that I crave every now and then. That's a good pro tip. I had to ask, of course. So, um, you know, as you, you've been in the game for, you know, as long as you have, and you've dedicated really so much of your life to this, how much does the recovery process like change as you went from before being a mom to after being a mom to now where like, you know, you've had time to acclimate to your body or whatever. How has the recovery process changed as your time in mixed martial arts has? I think understanding consistency is key and also understanding that, you know, um, I am not youthful anymore. I mean, I guess like consider all things considered, I'm still, you know, pretty healthy. And I would mm -hmm. say that I'm, I am still in my prime, but I'm not, you know, I'm not in my twenties where I can, you know, uh, go to McDonald's and grab, you know, a value meal, then go train. And then afterwards go grab a Philly cheesesteak and it, and it'll be good. It's not all good. <laughs> it's not all good. It's not all good. So um, definitely understand. I understand recovery way more. We have so many things, you know, in our home gym and in our home and specifically just for recovery. Cause we've, we've, just kind of come to understand how important recovery is. You know, you a lot a lot of MMA fighters overtrain because there's so much to learn. There's so much that encompasses MMA. So it's you know it's wrestling, it's kickboxing, it's cage work, it's groundwork, it's jujitsu, it's Muay Thai, it's boxing, it's judo, and, and you, there's so many things to learn. And on top of that, you have to have conditioning. You know, and on top of that, you have to be mentally sharp. And so a lot of MMA fighters end up overtraining because there's just so much to learn. And um, one thing to combat the training is recovery. 
when you, when you put as much time into recovery as you do into training, then you're able to reap the rewards from training. If you don't give yourself the amount of time to recover, your, your, your body doesn't absorb the training and your brain doesn't absorb the training. So um, for me, we have a sauna. Um, we have an infrared sauna. Um, we also have a, um, a cold plunge. We have a hyperbaric chamber, um, and we just um, we just got um, a Uller, which is super cool. You, you, it's like a, a chill pad that you put on like the top of your bed that kind of regulates your temperature when you go to sleep and allows you to get better REM and deep sleep. Um, and so um, we have we have all our bases covered when it comes to recovery because we understand how important it is. Um. Um, that might have been me, but uh, that's the, the I've never heard of the last one. Obviously, the hyperbaric chambers become incredibly popular over time. Uh, I'm still in the phase of my life where I'm doing the McDonald's type deal uh, value meal. Like we're still there. I'm only 24. So we're still <laughs> a, a consistent diet of McDonald's. But you're talking about the overtraining for MMA fighters. And I really think it's almost like in a weird way, anxiety induced because you're constantly thinking like, oh, they're training. Like, you know, everyone else in the top 10, they're training, right? I need to go train. And so it's like almost an insecurity thing that like, oh, I, I need to constantly be doing something when in the reality is, is like your body is your tool in this scenario, in this career. And if you're not taking proper care of it, it could really do some serious damage. You have an incredible open relationship with your daughter about your fighting career, right? She's at all your fights. And that's rare. Like that, most people, that's not the case. But I wanted to ask a hypothetical. And I thought this would really tell a lot about you and, and your daughter. If you wiped your daughter's memory clean of every fight that she's ever seen from you, and you could only pick one fight for her to watch, which fight would it be? Mm, that's a good question um and it's hard because I've learned something different from each one of my fights but I think that the the biggest you know heart, most heartbreaking fight that she had witnessed was when I lost the belt at Invicta you know I was on top of the world and and she saw me fall and I fall I fell hard you know, um, I lost the belt. It wasn't a decision. I got submitted, you know, my eye was blown up and, and she was at that age where she couldn't understand what was going on. She just kind of was like staring at me. She didn't know how to feel about the situation. And I think, um, I'm not sure if it's something that she'll carry with her forever, but it's definitely something I'll carry with me forever because I want in that moment, I wanted to be selfish and I wanted to be pissed and I wanted to cry and I wanted to be upset that I lost the belt. And I couldn't be any of those things because my daughter was there and she was watching me. And I had to, I had to be truthful with her in my feelings. And I remember her sitting on my lap and she's up, looks staring at me, looking at my, my eye that was, you know, you know, shut and just, just kind of confused. And I had to tell her, I, I just was honest with her. I said, mommy's okay. You know, I told, I told her I might look bad, but I'm okay. I said, my heart hurts worse than anything else. And, um, 
I hate that I lost, you know, but that happens sometimes and you can't, and you can't, you know, dwell on it is what I told her. We'll go back to the gym. We'll work on things. We'll get better and we'll go, we'll go back and try it again, you know? And, um, so I really had to swallow like my selfishness or me wanting to be selfish in that moment and, and me wanting to, to dwell in my sorrow, me wanting to feel sorry for myself. I had to, you know, brush all of that off and, and be the bigger person for not only for myself, but for my daughter. And I thought that was a great life lesson for her to see real time. So I watched that fight um, this weekend and I saw the footage with you and your daughter after. And yeah, I, I was like crying this morning watching it. So <laughs> I can imagine why, you know, you get emotional just thinking about it or talking about it. But when I was coming up with this question, I actually kind of had a gut feeling you were going to say a loss. I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be like your most spectacular win or it wasn't going to be your easiest win necessarily per se, because those aren't the same thing either. You know, spectacular and easy can be different things. And I had a feeling that you were going to say it, it would be a loss that, it, you know, whether it would be adversity or toughness that you had to go through. Um, I don't know what it was about that footage backstage, but it, she understood enough. She understood enough that you were going through pain in some variety. And it was pretty uh, special to see. Thank you for sharing that. I, I really did appreciate that. And you know, um, is that we almost, we almost didn't let the camera crew back because it was such a personal moment, you know, but um, they do got, you, you don't regret it at all? Letting no, him backstage? No, not at all. Um, you know, a lot of my life, I, I'm pretty open because I feel like too, too many people shield um, the things, you know, they, they sugarcoat their life. Too many people only put out what they want to put out in life. You know what I mean? And um, it, it, it gives people a false sense of what it is to be successful, what it is to be a fighter, what it is to be on top, what it is, you know what I mean? And it, uh, it I think it, when people go to strive for those things and they hit a wall um, they're, they're lost. They're confused. They're like, wait, this isn't how it's supposed to be. But in all reality, it really is like, you're going to be digging for a long time before you hit success. And if you think it's anything other than that, then, then you, you, you either have made your goal too small of a goal or, or you're just, you're, you know, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. <laughs> and I get that. So and it almost, kind of sounds like we were talking about social media in some capacity, right? Like people post things that look great mm -hmm. all the time. There's never anything negative. Um, in your career, you've done a, a just a great job with, you know, your social media handles and marketing and, and branding. And it's, in, it's incredible to see, but you've also managed it from like a mental health perspective too. I, you know, you're very open and free to do things. And it seems like you're posting things that you're comfortable posting. How do you set those boundaries of like, taking the interview from me today, right? Like you're a mom, you're a fighter, you have plenty of things going on. You don't have to do this at all. Right. But you do. How do you kind of balance setting boundaries versus like, Oh, I, this is what it's like to be a prominent, you know, star in the UFC. How do you, how do you balance all of that? I think a lot of it has to do with um, mental strength, you know, and, and understanding that it, that's part of, what comes with being in the spotlight is 
people, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I fight and it is very personal for me because it, it is my life on the line. And, and I don't think that is as much of reality for other people until they see things like people getting knocked out and not getting up after five, 10 minutes, or, you know, like Weidman, you know, going in for a kick and, and snapping his leg in half and it might being, you know, changing the trajectory of not only his career, but his life. And people don't really see see that aspect of you know a fighter's life until little things like that happen and so I've kind of I think I've been fighting for long enough to where I you know I'm comfortable in my own skin I'm confident with who I am as a person I'm confident with who I am as a fighter I know what it's taken for me to get here and a lot of the times um you know that those keyboard warriors those trolls that's all they are and um I you know I've reached a point to where I just, I kind of wonder what it is that they're doing in their lives that gives them enough free time to comment on what I'm doing in mine. Because I know for damn sure I don't have enough time in my, in my life to, you know, to, mm, to stalk somebody else to the point where I feel the need to go into their comment section and say something. I mean, and that's just not the way I was raised. I was raised to, you know, you don't have nothing nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Um, but, um, it's just how I look at it is, is the noise and whether it's on social media, whether it's, you know, in the workplace, whether it's at school, um, whether it's, um, in your own mind, there is always going to be that noise that you don't want to be there. And, and the, the noise that's in your mind can, can, can be the loudest noise. Um, and if you can conquer those noises in your mind, I think everything else is kind of, you know, it, it's, um, um, it, it, it becomes easy. You know what I mean? The, the noises in my mind is probably the loudest. And I think sometimes what hap ends up happening is the noise on the outside can amplify the noises that you have on, on the inside. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so I think for each individual, it's important to, to keep your own sanity. And, 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 and if there's something that is, you know, taking you off the tracks of, of your, how, how confident you are in your body, how, how, um, how much you love your own self, how much you love your passion and your trajectory of where you're going. If there's something that's taking you offline, then, then, then you need to figure out how to eliminate that. You know, I can't even imagine, honestly, like what you go through in terms of that stuff, because I'm a nobody who no one knows. And I feel those comments. And and, and these are people that don't have any idea. So I can't imagine, you know, what you go through. And it, for 90% of the days, it's totally fine. I'm like, blah, 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 it's nothing like I'm not dealing. And then there's that one day, the one day every three weeks or whatever, every every two weeks, every month. Where it's just like, damn, that really sucked. Like it sucked reading it and it hurt reading it. Um, do you, I, this isn't even necessarily fighting related. Just like, what's your advice on those days where it does hit? Like, it's so easy to say, oh, don't worry about it. But when it is about you, it does hurt and it does sting. What, what do you kind of do on those days? I think you can allow yourself to, to separate a little bit you know, separate yourself from the situation. 
And really, I think the reason why they hurt is because, like I said, is um, it it aligns with the the those demons that you have in your own mind. So it kind of it almost makes you feel like it's a reassuring thought. It's a reassuring negative thought. So then you're like, dang, I'm not the only one thinking it, you know. And um, so I, it's just like in fighting when I talk with my sports psychologist, it's like you're getting ready to fight and it, they, they, they show the highlight of, of your opponent and then you start freaking out. Then your butterflies kick in, you start sweating up your neck and then you're like, oh shit, what if she knocks me out? What if this, you know, what if, you know, the whole world sees me lose and fall on my face and you can, what if the situation to death um, or you can problem solve it in your head. And, and that's just what I, what I do both with the fight and with any negative thoughts. You know, if I, if there's a negative thought that, that impacts me enough to where it hurts, it hurts my heart. It it makes me want to, you know, shut the door, cancel social media, go cry in my bed for the rest of the weekend. If it hurts that bad, then there's some introspective work that I have to do on myself. You know, I look at the comment, why does it hurt that bad? Um, and, and problem solve through it, you know, do I have these insecurities? Do I have these problems? And if I do, let's erase them, you know, and and just mentally taking an eraser, literally erasing the comment, erasing the thought in your mind, you know, you know, writing it on a piece of paper and literally burning it and watching it disintegrate. Those things will help. And, and you just have to, I mean, it's, it's a story I tell people all the time. There's, there's two dogs in your mind, you know, there's a good dog and a bad dog. And it's it's a it's an old native uh, tale, and um, he said they're always battling these two dogs. You know, one, you know, he he's he's the dark dog, and he he's full of envy, he's full of hate, he's full of jealousy, he's full of doubt, he's full of fear, and and the other guy, the other dog, he's he's the he's the light dog, you know, and he's full of joy and happiness and encouragement and bravery, you know, and. Um, and then the little kid goes, well, what dog wins if they're always fighting? And he said, the one that you feed. Wow. I love that. That's really, really cool. Is that from uh, Thailand? No, it's it's a Native American like wow. uh, like story. And I love That's it. That's awesome. It's true. You know, you it's a dog fight in your mind. Yeah. And, and honestly, you always have both sides. There's no way you can only have one. It's a yin and yang. It's a balance. You have to have both dark and light, you know, day and night. So, so speaking of bullies, um, I grew up in the, like a little bit of the MTV era. So I, I had to ask, you know, your appearance on bully Beatdown. um, what do you remember from it? Because like e- looking back, it's the craziest show like I've, I've ever seen in my life. But I loved it growing up. Like I absolutely ate it up. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I loved watching bullies just literally get beat up. What do you remember? And like, do you have a sense of like admiration almost for the bullies who are getting in the ring or like what? It's the weirdest show ever. So I just had to ask what you, when you look back on it, like, what do you even think? I, I, you know, at first I wasn't sure what to think of it. I didn't know if it was scripted. I didn't know if they were paying these boys yeah. to come through and, you know, get in the, in the cage with the, you know, professional fighter. Yeah. But the truth is these bullies were real bullies and, and they were so full of themselves that they, you know, they thought that they could handle, they could hang with the professional fighter. And it's just, 
it, it just goes to show you the amount of, you know, the amount of confidence that they have built throughout the years of the, the bullies that they've picked on. You know what I mean? And so I think it was, it was, it was just kind of like, um, it was, it was justice really, you know, they got a taste of their own medicine. Um, and so it was cool. I remember walking in and we shot in Salt Lake city. Cause I think that was the only like state that would sanction like a non-professional fighter to fight a professional fighter. Holy. <laughs> and, um, you know, there were rules. We couldn't do any head kicks, elbows or knees. They got to wear, um, they got to wear shin guard. They got to wear head protection and all yeah. that stuff. But, you know, it was just kind of like a, a little taste of their medicine to hopefully maybe kind of humble them a little bit. And that's what I love about fighting is you will definitely get humbled. There's always somebody bigger and badder than you. So you better humble yourself. Um, but I remember walking in and it was actually Bobby Green that was inside the octagon. And I just remember him blast doubling this guy, picking him up in the air and slamming him so hard onto the ground that he knocked the wind out of him. And I was like, oh, this is real. <laughs> Holy shit. And um, it was fun. I think it's, you know, it's a great kind of life lesson, really. And, and that's what kind of I try to tell people all that all the time. You know, you want to eliminate bullying, make every, you know, kid that grows up do some type of martial arts, because I promise you that the bullying will start to like the percentage of bullying will slow down because the bully will is bullies pick on people that they think that they can they can dominate defenseless. Right? Yeah. And so if they knew in their back of the mind that everybody that they picked on could fight back, they're going to think twice before they start bullying somebody. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, my last question, and I, I know we're at the 30 minute mark, I promise. You're fine. Um, I am. Uh, I'm a, I'm a movie nerd, too. I love action movies. And I know you have an incredible martial arts career and you're a great contender in the UFC, but I am dying to see you star in some action movies here. Um, I know you probably get annoyed when people say that because you have a incredible career still ahead of you. But you also have experience on movie sets. So, one, what do you remember from shooting Thor? Because that is mind-blowing to me. And, and Marvel nerds are crazy about this stuff. So, I have to ask what you remember from uh, those days on set. And then, two, what's the kind of movie you would want to do down the road a little bit? I actually have some really cool opportunities um, down the pipeline that – I'm not able to talk about yet, but I'm mm -hmm. super excited about it. Um, yes. Yes. You know, I love, I love being on set and especially being in my element and being able to do a lot, you know, I've done a lot of stunt work. Um, mm -hmm. um, and I've also had the opportunity to, to, to be, you know, um, the main in a, you know, in a smaller budget, like feature film. And that was really cool too, because it, it took me out of my element. Anything that, that forces me to grow, takes me out of my element, you know, makes me push the limit. I'm, I'm totally down for it because I think that's how you grow in life. Um, is to force yourself to do things you're scared of doing. Um, but being on Thor was cool. I was actually, I, you know, I, it was a one day shoot. I was on second unit and, um, you know, funny story, I think at the time I was pregnant, but I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> and the stunt that I was doing, I, I had a, a, a vest on 
And um, so they ratcheted me. There, there, there was, I was hooked up to a crane. So they had this hook and you hooked, they hooked me, they clipped me in here and they wrapped me around. And then I had to lay down on the ground. And, when I, and then they said, three, two, one, action. And the, the crane yanked the, the vest. And so I went from the ground off the air and went spun, 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 and then bam, hit the ground. And it, so uh, what we were doing was like, you know, the monster comes out the water and hits the girl and she goes, you know, flying through the air and then hits the ground. That's the, the stuff that I got to do. It's lots of fun. Your daughter hasn't seen the movie, right? Oh, my daughter sees all. My daughter is a Marvel freaking maniac. She loves all Marvel. She knows everything about it. She likes to watch the Easter eggs. She knows way more about it than I do, and so I can have, I, you know, she, she she's the one that kind of schools me on all that stuff. Very very cool. I'm I'm right I'm right there with her. So that's awesome. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate all this. Every single second, every story, every bit of advice. It's all not, I don't take this for granted in the slightest. Like every single second of this was appreciated. So thank you very much for the time. I hope we can talk again, rest up, enjoy this time off, but whatever is the next move, the next project, the next mission, I'm ecstatic. I'm excited to see what you do. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate all the questions. They were great questions and, you know, made me sit down and think about it a little bit. So I appreciate that. Very cool. Have a great day, Michelle. I'll talk to you later. All right. You too. And that is a wrap for this episode of In the Fight. Wow. Thank you, Michelle, so much for the time. That was, that was just honestly incredible. I, I don't even know. It's, it's going to take me some time to process that episode and, and the questions I got to ask her and for her to give me over 30 minutes of time. It's just, it's just unbelievable. I just cannot believe that this is happening over and over. And Michelle's just such a legend in the sport and is everything you want in a fighter. Everything you want. A mom, an incredible person, someone who's in the sport for the right reasons. Just so cool. Uh, to get it, to have the opportunity to pick her brain, just special, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. Without y'all, none of this even matters or happens or exists. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, without your guys' support, this doesn't even go down. So I really cannot thank you guys enough. Until next time, this is in the fight. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.